If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. For the long time, I thought that like I made up all the words to Karma Chameleon, and then I realized those are actually the words to Karma Chameleon. <laughs> Rock the Casbah. <laughs> Tariq don't like it. Is it Sharif or Tariq? It's Sharif. Tariq. <laughs> Tariq. I say, I say Sharif. Tariq don't like that. Sharif, right? Sharif. Like, Sharif. Yeah. Sharif. Yeah. Yay, we're here. We are here. So hi. Hi, Marlea. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. Hi, y'all. What's up? What's up? <laughs> we are here. We're doing this thing again. <laughs> we I are have doing this thing again. No intro for because I'm not I, I am prepared, but not for <laughs> intro. <laughs> I'm prepared for some intro. <laughs> for some intro. Because we're drinking a drink. Well, yes, that's we part of the reason. And the other is I've been listening to us. I don't always do that, but I have been the last few episodes. And I, Oh, you have notes? I have notes on myself. Stop oh, laughing yeah. weirdly so much. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking to us. I was like, I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I just did it. I, just, I can't stop myself. You got to love your laugh. You got to just embrace that shit. Yes. I'm just not going to laugh anymore. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> You're a liar. I was like, <laughs> stop. You need- I can't stop smiling either. You so need. My friend Dev said the quote from uh, Elf. I love smiling. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> smiling's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. Laugh. Doesn't, doesn't hurt when we have, you know, champagne and tequila to help you laugh a little bit, yes. doesn't it? Absolutely. I think laughing out loud is the best thing. It is. I love to laugh. It's my favorite. It is I my really favorite do. as well. So we are drinking champagne. Mm-hmm. I thought about just doing a champagne cocktail, but I never really want to just do a champagne cocktail because, well, for one, we're usually recording in the evenings. Two, um, they make me sleepy. Yeah. For the, like, I, I usually get, get a little stupid and I then get I get, yeah, I get a little stupid and then I get sleepy, well, but good. I do also get sleepy. Well, throwing tequila in there should really help them because <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> nobody does anything stupid on tequila. Uh, There's only so many songs written about it <laughs> for no reason. So yeah, I haven't really named this, but it's like a margarita mimosa. So I played around with it a little bit, added some other things from the recipe I found. It does have some lime juice in it, orange juice, tequila. Champagne, and I created a a rim uh, for the glass with sugar, salt, and cayenne pepper, garnished with an orange slice. Mm. It could very use pretty. a little. I think, yeah, I think it could be a little sweeter. Actually. I think you'd like more sugar, sugar on the rim. I think maybe? a sugar and yeah, cayenne I've, I've lost salt. the sugar on the rim entirely. So yeah, I, I would that recommend just like a sugar and then sprinkle some cayenne in it, give it a little mm. spice. Yeah, mm. maybe some a little bit of tahini. Oh yeah, yeah, tahini might be good. Yeah, the kind we put out. Yeah, the Bloody Mary mm-hmm. rim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a little mini bottle of that. Oh my <laughs> I so love cute. chili with sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chili and sweet stuff. That's is... why I wanted to put the cayenne in it. I don't think mm-hmm. I put enough. But yep, that's it. So it's delish. It is delish. I like it. You'll never hear me complain about <laughs> anything that you make. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, this one was easy for one. I chose it for that reason. That's what I was going to ask. We've been you making pot stickers like today. To that took, yeah, that took a lot of time. Yeah, pot stickers take a minute. They're not hard. They just like they're a lot of mincing. 
There's it, a lot there's of, a lot of cutting and wrapping. And I hate cutting. This is why I do not cook. A large part of why I do not cook is because I hate chopping. I was really good for a while at giving that job to my children because I had them take like an online cooking class and then they did a camp, like a little short one day camp that was a cooking camp. So I've like made them practice knife skills. Mm -hmm. And for a while, it was exciting for them when I asked them to come and do all the chopping and stuff. But if you forget to do that, like a couple of times, they're just like, why? Yeah, now they're teens. I'm watching Dan's mom. Anything. (laughs) <laughs> right. that you want them to do <laughs> yeah you get the <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which oh. to which my response i think at this point legitimately should just be like shut up <laughs> and come do the thing which i don't say enough agreed <laughs> agreed yes. we do have the show to talk about oh, we, do. Show. we do it's coming up april 18th it is a tuesday night tuesday night at seven at stone center theater here on the lovely campus of Jacksonville State University mm-hmm. in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Florida. Nope, not in Florida. We won't That's, be there. We won't be there. Um, but yeah, it's a 6.30 doors open, 7 o'clock show. Open to the public, mm-hmm. uh, 17 and above. Mm-hmm. So like college age and above, simply because... We don't know what we're covering, and sometimes we cover some stuff that's really not suitable for kids. As yes. y'all know, if this is the first time you're listening to us because you're going to come to the show, probably want to listen to a couple of episodes to fill us out, to mm-hmm. see if yeah. like, we're your people. Um, if we're not your people, that is totally okay. Just don't come. Just don't come. Because we don't brook people standing up walking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That would be awful. I'm nervous. Some... I think I would heckle someone if they actually walked out of my like, show. Hey, where are you going? <laughs> They'd be like, I just got to pee. I'm already like, I wasn't on stage the last time we were on campus. I know. I You've know. only been on stage for one of our live shows. Gotcha. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is new for you. Well, especially because it is my place of employment. That's going to be a little bizarre. That's going to be a little bizarre. Looking at, I've already started thinking like, am I going to see all these people I've worked with all these years and I'm going to be saying like, fuck or whatever in front of them? Am I going to censor myself? They're going to come. No. You know why? Because the one, the, the, one of the really good things about being on a theater stage is that you generally can't see the people. Right. So, I mean, it's, I it'll be a little to. easier to do that than it is when we're at a I bar see, or at I don't a shop. See I usually always see box fan Chad. Yeah. For some reason, I okay. just... I would love to see him. Focus on box fan Chad. So, box fan Chad, you need to come to the show. Yeah, we told him. Yes, we need to make sure. So that we can focus on your happy face. Exactly. And if you went, then like all of our self worth is we'll just, just going to like plummet. Just like cry. it'll just dribble no. slowly out. I can't. So you no have to be our in that face. So Chad, you just want to sit there and look pretty. Smile. <laughs> that's right. And give the thumbs up every once in a while. Like doing great. I know that's what I did for you before. I, know. I was the one of those. You were the one who was sitting next to Box Fan Chad every Giving, time. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs up. Okay, you well, are a very good cheerleader. You are a very I'm a good, good cheerleader. cheerleader. I will miss seeing so you. So I'll out do there. that this time too. Then nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all right. You're roped in now. You can't. Get I know. Out. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But I have really. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. You nervous this nervous? weekend? Yeah, this week I was off work and I was like, we were on spring break and I thought, I wonder how we'll go to this. From but you the university. I was like, they already know me if they've been there long enough. It's not like I censor myself that much at work. You've anyway. also been do- I mean, if anybody's <laughs> listening to the show, they've already heard you. You don't censor yourself. 
it's great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, those people aren't your people, Courtney. That's right. If they don't, like, if they judge you for... <laughs> they don't like it. They don't like it. It's free. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will heckle plus you on your way out the door. Plus, it's art. We're part of the art it festival. Is. for Do the not censor art. Art fencer. Art fencer. Fensterer. What? Festival. What are you saying? <laughs> she pulled a Patrice. <laughs> She's like, I cannot pronounce this word, but I'm gonna fucking try. Double down. I'm gonna double down on it. <laughs> well, there are plenty of other things going on. It's the Kaleidoscope Festival. So mm-hmm. if you're anywhere local and you want to see other things, yeah, it's, it's months of this. The whole month, yeah, starting like the twenty, like th- this week, yeah, yeah, twenty eight, yeah. With the opening of the um, senior show, I think. Oh, cool. And there will be, yeah, there will be different art shows. There will be uh, music, music performances from the yeah. different sections of the music department. Lectures. Be, yeah, yeah, all open to the putting public. putting on a lot of stuff, yeah. So check out the Kaleidoscope um, page on the jsu.edu website. We will put yes, on our page. On our page. All right. Do you want to take a break and then we'll dig in? Yeah. Let's okay. do it. Okay. I'll fill our glasses. Go shock yourself. (laughs) Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. We're back. (laughs) We're back with our radio voices. (laughs) I like my radio voice. And we're back. I just try and like I try and like bring Carlton from the Fresh Prince into my Oh yes. He's a good radio voice. He's very happy. He's like a very optimistic. All right. (laughs) I'm doing the Carlton dance. You can't see it, people, but it's good. Kind of fits in with what I'm going to be talking about mm. um, today. Uh, this, this is not going to be really a story. This is <laughs> this is going to be a think piece. Oh, speaking okay. of art, okay, art festivals. <laughs> Should we start? Do we need background vocals? No, Should I'll, we just I'll, be going? Like, I, oh. I'm just, I'm just going to let notes? you know. Just going to let you know. This is going to be a think piece. <laughs> okay. Um. Nobody and I'm laughing because once you once you hear what I'm going to talk about, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Related to the Fresh Prince? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. No. That's West Philadelphia. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia, Mississippi. Oh, oh. no. it's not. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the through line. Never mind. Wasn't a through line. Nowhere even near it. So pretty. Of course, we have all of these fancy gadgets like trail cams, iPhones, drones, night vision goggles. Yet somehow, nobody has managed to snag a clear shot of our hairy friend Bigfoot. Yep. Yeah. I told you it was a think piece. That, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you all. Sorry. 
not real. <laughs> but there's over 3,000 well-documented reports that are plastered on the Bigfoot Field Research Organization website or with a really horrible, was it an acronym? Beefro? <laughs> Beefro. Beefaroni. And this website also seems to retweet a ton from a guy named Matt Moneymaker. Oh my, that's legit. Ooh. It's legit. So, but he's he's one of the people in find you know from the show Finding Bigfoot, which oh I wait, don't that's somebody's actually name. You know, I really thought about that. I thought, well, maybe he's just being dude bro moneymaker. <laughs> But then I was like, maybe that's really his surname. You know? I mean, people have names. They're people weird. have names that are weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just a spoiler alert about the Finding Bigfoot. They haven't found them. <laughs> but seriously, there are multiple shows about Bigfoot, as you know, if you have cable TV. And you probably know more than I do because I just, I will watch every once in a while. But it's like watching the same show over and over yeah. again. You know, the big guy remains mysteriously camera shy. So what's the deal with that? What um, is the deal with what that? Is, we're going to think peace and talk about it right now. <laughs> so just for the record, out of all of the southern states, not including Texas, because Texas is not southern, fight me, um, <laughs> Florida takes the crown for most Bigfoot sightings. I thought they called it something. Different. They, But they call it like skunk, skunk ape, ape yeah. right? But and, it's the Bigfoot, right? Right. So the they rack up a whopping 339 uh, Bigfoot sightings, legit Bigfoot like sightings. Georgia comes in second, not wanting to be outdone, and this is all according to Beefro <laughs> website. So, out of Georgia, I have a couple of stories here just to kind of get us in the Bigfoot mood. <laughs> oh so gosh. at, at Pollen <laughs> County, Georgia, on Highway 101 near Harmony Road. And also near the Hannah Swamp, a couple was returning from church around 9.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night. That Wednesday night church down the south. Okay, right? so far this checks out. Mm-hmm. Know it. This is around uh, 2007. They traveled down Highway 101, and they were driving slower because, you know, in the south, there's deer out on the road. And if you're, like, by yourself or if it's, like, there's no cars on the road or even if there are fucking cars on the road. But if, it's like, it's a dark, not really well-traveled deer are fucking everywhere. So they were driving slower. Mm-hmm. It was really dark. It was overcast. There was no traffic. And so they were doing this and they were approaching this curve and they noticed movement to the right side of the road. And you do that, like, when you're driving and you know that there's going to be deer your eyes mm-hmm. are like peripheral expands and you're oh, just yeah. like waiting for like the thing on the side to go the like, running out in front of you. So they were on high alert. So they saw something move. So they slowed down even more and they thought it was a deer. However, when they got closer, they realized it was much larger. So they thought, okay, it's probably a bear, but it was kneeling down on the right side of the road And then it stood up on two legs and proceeded to cross the road. It was about seven feet tall. And when it was walking, it kind of walked hunched over, but it was dragging its arms. It had like thick hair that was reddish brown, wide shoulders. The ears were like noticeably low on the neck. So unsure if they were seeing things, they like were really spooked. They noticed they were passing near a swamp. It was like, I'm sure it was like all like weird 
like scary setting and everything to have this thing like run out in front of them. And they, you know, recall hearing tales about Bigfoot in that area. It's a popular spot for Bigfoot sightings. After, you know, researching, you know, that area and, and what they could possibly see, they were convinced that they had saw they saw Bigfoot. And the thing is, is that it wasn't really bothered by their presence. Like it didn't dart off like a deer. It didn't stop like and look at them like a deer and headlights or anything like that. But it just kind of took its time walking across the street. So in the same county uh, near Dallas, Georgia, on Old Canterville Road and Highway 61, and this is in 2011, a woman and her teenage son were driving home at approximately 945, about five miles from their home. And they spotted something in their like low beams. And at first they thought, again, it was a bear crouching down on the right side of the road. And she, you know, alerted her son in the back seat. And when she did that and she turned around, she saw this thing standing up on two legs. And she was like telling her son, she was like, look, a bear. And when it stood up, uh, he was confused. They were confused because they're like, "Mm, that's not a bear. It was like seven, about seven foot tall covered in long black hair it was she said it was burly and she has about you know 500 600 pounds it was about 20 to 30 yards outside of their truck window they said it was so large that you could see the muscles in its legs like its upper thighs its head appeared to be sitting on its shoulders and it had no neck oh okay i was like uh, uh yeah of course it is right like there was no neck <laughs> Like the ears, like the ears sitting on the shoulders, like the other story. She said the head came to a point. It looked kind of pointy, and it looked like like a bipedal ape. And she said it had something white in its hand. And that's when she registered that it had hands and not claws. She said the arms were longer than any human arms. They seemed to stretch closer to the knee area. And when it walked, the knees worked perfectly. It didn't have like a bow-legged effect or anything like you have with apes. Um, which made it look more human. So wait, she saw this as she was driving by? Yeah, I guess it was like way up ahead. Mm -hmm. And she's seeing this as she like is driven, is driving towards it. Okay. And um, this is a remarkable amount of detail. (laughs) Well, she also says in the, when I was reading this report, her son is autistic. Mm -hmm. And she said he has an incredible memory for detail. And so a lot of this is like the recalling of of when they were talking about it when they got home. She said it walked, you know, knees worked perfectly, didn't have the bow leg. It seemed human, not an ape. It started to move towards the road, walking on two legs. She said, my light stayed on it. It seemed to want out of my lights when it walked um, for the road as I was heading in the path of my, it was like trying to like meet the truck. And she said she was in a small curve also. She's like, her lights followed it, and I hit my fog lights, and it turned back from the direction it came from. So I didn't want to be in the lights, but it was kind of like walking towards them while they were in the curve, just outside of the lights. And she said, and then she could see it start to run, still on two legs. Um, She could see the foot fall. She said she saw the thigh muscles bounce. She saw the butt muscles flex. (laughs) All right. All right. And, well, I'm, and like, I'm, I'm not. I'm over here. Head, I'm over here shaking my head. 
And it started moving so fast that the thing was almost a blur. She said the next day they returned to the area where it ran, and she thought it was flat because he was running so fast, but ended up like it was actually moving up a hill. And the house that was close by to where they were was a chicken coop. So it had probably a chicken in its hand. So numerous indigenous cultures of North America continent have long shared stories about these large, enigmatic, fur-clad, hairy forest berries, right? <laughs> um, again, why has no one ever found Bigfoot? So we've got, like, the lack of concrete evidence, right? Despite numerous sightings, photographs, videos, there have been no irrefutable physical ev- evidence such as bones, carcass, DNA samples to confirm Bigfoot's existence. There's been many alleged footprints, hair samples, and other evidence to debunk it and to prove it inconclusive. Of course, there's hoaxes. There's Bubba out in the woods, like, you know, dressed in a monkey suit. (laughs) Um, Misidentification. So some Bigfoot sightings can be attributed to hoaxes where people deliberately create false evidence to uh, perpetrate the myth. Additionally, many sightings could be case of misidentification with witnesses mistaken bears or other large mammals, even human beings in costumes for Bigfoot. Um, There was a case up north where a guy made a full body suit out of raccoon feet. (laughs) And he looked just like Bigfoot. (laughs) I'll post that picture. It's it's really scary looking, actually. (laughs) Scare the shit out of me if I saw that in the forest. Myth and folklore. So it's possible that Bigfoot is just simply a myth born out of folklore and perpetuated by popular culture. Um, and in this case, the lack of concrete evidence that we still do not have is because the creature simply does not exist. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, I would like to discuss this article. This is what started this article that I found by Greg Newkirk. Um, he wrote this December 8th, 2016. And it's featured in this website called Week and Weird, which he created with his wife, uh, Dana Matthew. And these are the same people that are responsible for uh, Hellier. Uh, oh, the show? The show. And um, you heard us talk about Hellier before and on our episode 98 when I was talking about injured cold. It's injured cold outside. And we've also previously talked about Bigfoot. When you broached the subject on episode 23 with Lorraine Warren meets the Tennessee oh, God, Sad Squat that. Yeah. that we did that you did during Pod X. And we've talked about it since. And there we've talked been, about I think I brought it up when we've because talked about both of us have talked connection about. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this this article caught my eye because of his theory here. So just a quick refresher about Hillier um and who did it. Um Dana and Greg are Paranormal, uh, paranormal, paranormal investigators um, that are in, you know, this is their area of expertise. They're not Bigfoot hunters. They are like ghost hunters. And they are careful not to venture into Bigfoot territory because, believe it or not, there seems to be a significant amount of tension within the Bigfoot community. <laughs> it's <I'm> surprisingly <laughs> intense because we are dealing with hunters of a mythical beast in the woods with real guns oh my god you know and just made it that i've never heard it put quite that way (laughs) am i wrong no you're not it's terrifying (laughs) it is terrifying so you know you would assume that any 
individual that identifies themselves as a Bigfoot hunter would have somewhat a sense of humor, but it appears that that is not the case. <laughs> and the atmosphere can be somewhat similar to academia when mm-hmm. you know <laughs> we get a little bit too high on the horse about a subject matter that yes. we're experts about. Taking ourselves a little too seriously. Taking ourselves Being a little. kind of Bigfoot purist. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot purist, absolutely. So it seems that Newark, um, you know, has widely chosen to stay in his lane, you know, researching ghosts and and stuff like through Hillier and Gates and paranormal stuff. Um, and it's likely because Bigfoot hunters and scholars are armed, literally. <laughs> also, smart move and um, maybe lacking a sense of humor. Which, of course, I'm making broad generalizations, so don't come at me with your guns and your Bigfoot. <laughs> anyway, as I mentioned, Newark uh, managed to stay to this lane or stick to his lane until 2016 when he published this article that caught my interest, which is what we're talking about. He makes this bold claim. Okay, y'all ready for this? Oh, no. What I'm is it? I'm ready. Bigfoot oh. is the ghost. Oh, no. shit. Okay, wow. hold on, hold on. Before we like make any like <laughs> derogatory comments. He's just like, <clears throat> you know how I can get into this? <laughs> right. Well, okay, hold on. So it's not necessarily a new idea, and we'll no. get into that a little bit later. Well, I mean, he was obviously a psychic, according to Lorraine. <laughs> Newcourt tossed this idea around, claiming that the reason that we can't find any elusive, any of the elusive um, flesh and blood evidence of Bigfoot is because he may not be made of flesh and blood. Uh you know, you've got Bigfoot field research organization boasting over 3,000 sightings, finding Bigfoot show running for like over 100 episodes and still counting, and events like the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And it's pretty clear that, you know, Bigfoot is an American obsession. Mm-hmm. It is our Loch Ness monster, but it's um like, it's... We've Amer- it, we're American. It's, it's our like, Harry and the Hendersons. It's our Harry and the Hendersons. Ah. It is like we bigfooted the Bigfoot out of Bigfoot, <laughs> and, we, and we're proud of it. We're proud of it. It's like Chevy, Chevy Ford, and Bigfoot. Yep, yep. So, but it's kind of funny, not really unusual, that the Bigfoot enthusiasts don't seem to chat with ghost hunters. Who, in turn, don't really seem to communicate with UFO investigators. Or if oh. they do, they don't really share information. <laughs> Can't trust them. <laughs> who, who also don't, they're phonies, right? Who don't engage with psychics or other fringe researchers. It's like one fringe group won't talk to the other fringe group. Because they're like, yeah, those are people who are crazy. There's right? not enough fringe to go around. There's Stop not taking enough, my fringe. <laughs> there's not enough fringe fans. But if you're a fan, you know the stories you are like come on it's like i can do bigfoot being abducted by ufos <laughs> i can do that on top of like exorcist uh, lorraine warren uh-huh. talking to bigfoot with like, her mind with her mind <laughs> it's like as fans of of like the weird fringe we are here for all of it and we can make all of it I work think you can go yeah, Absolutely. They just but they I believe. We believe, <gasps> right? We believe the church. <laughs> Look, is that not the X Files? That's this. You want to believe. I want I, I want, want to, to believe. believe. Yeah. yeah. Trust no one. 
Uh-huh. Also <laughs> an X-Files line. Yeah. Well, may- maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's what all these groups are doing. They're trusting no one. Obviously, so, the government controls the UFO, the UFO guys. Fox oh. Mulder believed in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fox, Fox Mulder, Mulder believes in everybody. Scully doesn't believe it. Shit. <laughs> So if you do like if you're interested or a fan of one aspect, then you're probably interested on all the others to some extent. So it's surprising, but also not really surprising that the field is so contentious with Mm -hmm. each other. But back to Greg's theory, Bigfoot is a ghost. His evidence. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm in evidence. Okay. (laughs) Long swath, 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 swath. It's a just ridiculous word. Go ahead. I cannot say that. <laughs> long sections of Bigfoot tracks, like long tracks of land. No, sorry. Long tracks. No, I can't say that for this fucking sentence, y'all. Okay. Randy, do with this whatever you want to. I don't do have to. do nothing. It. Okay. So long sections of Bigfoot tracks often stop in the middle of nowhere. So that's the first argument. Strange like take the shoes off. <laughs> strange electronic malfunctions plague researchers during critical moments. Okay. Mysterious lights accompany Bigfoot sightings but are omitted from official reports. Okay, so those are both UFO plus ghosts. So yeah, yeah so the light things with the Bigfoot sightings kind of new to me, and I only read one story where they mentioned like orange orbs. Yeah, but I've never heard there's that. so much fucking information I have not like nearly read anything i have absolutely i'm not even a bigfoot novice i'm just (laughs) this just whole fringe thing just fascinates me which is why i'm talking about it um okay there's no obviously there's no photos um or either they're always blurry witnesses reports sometimes temporary mental aberrations during encounters like they kind of lose their minds or they blank out or something Plus you got oh, <laughs> plus you got yeah. that thirty-six inch Sasquatch poop. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's that's ex- fucking legit. <laughs> that's up there. The, the exposition Bigfoot in Cherry Log, Georgia. Cherry, Cherry Log. Log. <laughs> and, <laughs> and for the most part, we're not wiping Bigfoot scat from the bottom of our shoes when we go out in the forest. I right? mean, yeah, it was a big poop. It's a really big it's poop. huge, y'all. I mean, it's like the size of it's, your arm. It's kind of poop. Y'all it's, saw it. Yeah, I it's on the website it. too. So yeah, did you go too? I didn't go. Oh, I saw I the went. pictures. So and then also, there's no fur or flesh samples that a lab hasn't come back and said, oh, it's bear, raccoon, fox, whatever, with Dog, creature, human, right? <laughs> <laughs> really. Dude's been constipated for 14 years and eventually it's just going to come out. Oh man, all at once. God, it was like a Play-Doh. It was like a Play-Doh factory. No, no. You would have to walk forward in order for that How poop would to that, come I out. Mean, it would be like the little <laughs> crab walking the middle of the. Bigfoot. Is there a book? There should be a children's book called "How Does Bigfoot Wipe His Butt." I think it'd be oh my really gosh. popular. Y'all make there you that go. happen. Somebody you go ahead, and write it. I'm going to write it down. You're the writer in the group. <laughs> Shit. So, so he, he plug that into G- chat GPT. Uh, chat GPT. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, please, let's do that. Let, when we when we get finished with this, let's do that during um, the after talk. Okay, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. So so he's positing that it sounds like that because people continue to have sightings, but there is no physical evidence. They're probably looking at it all wrong. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So he starts researching and he finds this guy in Alpine, New York. He was a Bigfoot hunter. I mean, you could pretty much throw a rock and hit a Bigfoot hunter. (laughs) I was like, yes, New York. But they're armed, so don't throw the rocks. So don't throw the rocks. (laughs) Absolutely. So this guy's an ex-merchant marine. Oh, Lord. He claims no, that, that he... was something we still talked about anymore, Merchant Marines. Go ahead. He claims that he literally fist-fought a Bigfoot while stationed in the Philippines. Okay. So Greg starts, like, talking and going and to this guy and stuff. And, um, and the guy's talking to him and he says, you know, there's a place in Alpine, New York that... Um, so he's talking to this guy. And he's describing this guy before we get to what he's talking about. He's, he's I have Greg and uh, Nana... You know, end up going on a big foot hunt with this guy. And Greg describes him as a mixture between Elmer Fudd and Rambo. Oh, my which God. I don't know if I would put that in writing. For real. After, like, going on a hunt with somebody that may come, that's a merchant, that, that identifies as a merchant marine. I feel like, was he just, the, did he just this write this article all, just to, like, shove needles under the nails of these people? Like You know, I, I'm kind of wondering. I'm kind of wondering. <clears throat> so, anyway, so they're supposed to go to this place in Alpine, New York, called the Alpine Portal. And it's known for, like, weird shit happening. Campsites have apparently been attacked by these enormous creatures. Ooh. Mysterious green lights have been seen hovering around the treetops. Strange electromagnetic fields have temporarily disabled electronic devices. And, you know, this portal is just like one of those places where these inexplicable things happen. So they go up there looking for Bigfoot. And um, there's actually a documentary about this whole saga that they shot. It's called Bigfoot, the Bigfoot Hunter Still Searching uh, Micro Budget documentary <laughs> micro budget and is greg that in, is that in the name uh-huh and, and greg in this article <laughs> talks about being he talks about he's actually starts to throw shade on his own work so apparently he has a sense of humor that's awesome but he's like he admits this thing is pretty ridiculous <laughs> that the documentary is all right not saying anything about the gun toting bigfoot hunters but the most intriguing aspect he finds of the documentary is the fact uh, or the things that he left out that he went back and looked at after it was done when he came up with this whole ghost theory. Um, he said one of the hunters that he was interviewing uh, said that they came face to face with Sasquatch in the Alpine portal only to wake up in the woods several hours later. Um, Naked? As if Bigfoot hypnotized her and I don't know like what happened you know, after that. Pretty usually. sure there's a book about that. Like. Usually, yeah, there's warning signs. <laughs> yeah, and, it's and groups. Bigfoot erotica. Groups about there. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, there's talk of Bigfoot just vanishing into thin air without a trace that happened during this documentary that he wasn't really paying attention to until he came up with this theory and started like going back through all mm-hmm. of his work. And then there is a documentary that came out in 2008 titled Not Your Typical Bigfoot Movie. I have not seen it yet. It was released and it showcased the lives of Bigfoot researchers Dallas Gilbert and Wayne Burton in rural Appalachian, Ohio, as they pursue the American dream. Bigfoot. Bigfoot, right? So following their adventures, 
after this Alpine, a couple of years after this Alpine portal, because they're still doing ghost stuff and recording. Ghost. I mean, they, they are all in it. They have like all the content. They are doing all the content that takes up so much time and, and traveling and all that stuff. So a couple of years later, they crossed paths with Dallas and Wayne. And really, Dallas and Wayne are just a couple of good old boys from Ohio. They're not really hunters. They're more like the people that tailgate with Bigfoot. So awesome. They're Bigfoot <laughs> tailgaters is really what they are. Yeah. So Greg That's more my speed. Right? So Greg mentions in the article that because of this, they're labeled as kooks and crazies and frauds by their peers. <laughs> but after watching a clip of them hanging out by the campfire and like talking about Bigfoot and stuff, they seem to be like some of the most genuine and like honest folks mm-hmm. in this whole Bigfoot community. Like, I really like them. They're like my, my level mm-hmm. Bigfoot kind of thing. So Dallas uh, presents a rather compelling story in this, you know, wacky universe uh, of the unexplained with Bigfoot. And he says, Bigfoot exists between worlds. He uses a portal to hop in and out of our reality. And Dallas even claims that Bigfoot has telepathic abilities and that he taught him a sacred language to summon the creatures when he's spoken, like when he speaks it. So this like crosses over with Lorraine Warren, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, his Bigfoot tailgating partner, Wayne, happens to be a pretty skilled Bigfoot caller himself. And it makes you wonder, do they have like Bigfoot calling contest out there? And if so, is that really just a bunch of Bigfoot hunters calling to each other, thinking the other people are Bigfoot? (laughs) So is it like a group of like five Bigfoot hunters out in the wilderness that are just calling to each other? (laughs) Probably. That makes the most sense to me. Okay. It does. But anyway, Wayne has claimed that he accidentally walked through a Bigfoot portal and found himself in a prehistoric world. What? So riddle me that, Batman. (laughs) Uh, Dallas and Wayne had um, their research hotspot in the West Virginia mountains. Possibly near Mammoth Caves, mm-hmm. you know, kind of it was kind of in that area. They call it the Boneyard. Sadly, Dallas passed away like four years after Dana and Greg met with him and Wayne. But before he passed, Dallas taught Dana how to, or taught some of the Bigfoot language so that she could call Bigfoot. And there's video of all this. And um, there's video footage of them out there with Dallas and Wayne. Can you give us an idea of what it sounds like? like. Almost like Sims language, oh, but wow. slower <laughs> and louder. Huh. Yeah. You, hmm. You'll have to up up put the video. So it's up not there. as animal like. It it's like maybe some some native words, maybe sort hmm. of, but just like really fucking loud. <laughs> So they do this, and on the video, they witness green flash, followed by something responding to her call. And for the rest of the night, they experience small rocks being thrown at them from the forest and mysterious sounds of someone walking through the woods. Do they have any evidence of this? Any footage? About as much as everybody else has. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes after their experience with Dallas and Wayne, uh, Newkirk spoke with a longtime paranormal researcher and his friend, John E.L. Tenney. And I think he was in Hellier, too. 
Anyway, you got to check out his website. It's called Weird Lectures, and it's actually really well organized and looks like it looks nice and clean. Um, and it talks, you know, it's exploring all of this fringe stuff. But like I said, it's really well organized, and it could be like another resource for people looking for weird and cool stories. Hmm. But he says that the green flash is fairly common phenomenon. This he's paranormal, remember. Um, that once was taken quite seriously by paranormal investigators across various realms of the unexplained. It's like this mysterious occurrence has popped up numerous reports connecting to everything from ghost sightings UF and UFO experiences mm -hmm. to, believe it or not, Bigfoot encounters. Uh, the difficulty of documenting these elusive beings on uh, devices like trail cams is yet another similarity that the ghost and Bigfoot hunters share. And new Kirk points out that back in 1993, the Bigfoot Research Project, which was first seriously, was like the first, its first serious attempt to capture Sasquatch on a trail cam when trail cams first became like affordable and um, available. Uh, you know, they relied on a direct video feed to connect it to an offsite VHS recorder. And of course, this whole endeavor was plagued with mysterious issues with its electronic equipment, and um, it led to numerous difficulties when it came to, like, gathering this concrete ev evidence there. So besides dealing with malfunctioning equipment, ghost hunting enthusiasts often report a strange hypnotic fascination when witnessing, like, spiritual apparitions. Um, leaving them feeling paralyzed by fear for extended periods of time or, you know, ranging from like minutes to hours that they lose. This particular sensation is considered a bizarre consequence of encounters with the paranormal. Intriguingly, this phenomenon is also described by Bigfoot researchers during their sightings and is commonly referenced as the invisible wall effect or the tingles. But I would like to categorize this just as fear? feeling of like something has scared the shit out of yeah, you. And it's like, like, you can't move. Yeah. You know, it's, that's it's pretty common. Right? It's the like, fight or flight. Right? Which, you know, I'm not fight or flight. I'm usually flight. But sometimes I'm just like, stay the fuck there because I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. And just see what happens. Fight, 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 fight. So Greg and Dana eventually share their Bigfoot is a ghost theory with the creators of Finding Bigfoot, the show that's on Animal Planet. And they go to this hot spot in California where they witness again green lights and they hear unusual sounds. And strangely enough, brand new batteries were drained there in minutes. Meticulously set up camera equipment uh, was wiped clean and various other equipment malfunctions like GoPros stopped working, SD cards were corrupted. And audio devices went haywire. Haywire. So I'm like, okay, SD cards got corrupted. <laughs> like, there may be a link with like some bullshit that's happened here. So go on. Did you put her back? No, I didn't. Okay. Oh, but I talked to her kindly when I moved her. Okay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> she's sounds, just looking to see if the thing is still recording. We're talking recording. about Babette. We're talking about Babette or. Our I lovely moved, doll. I moved her for my photographs Ooh. today. That she was stealing all the thunder of the <gasps> drinks. Okay, we'll have to double Dang. check this. I'll talk to her. Okay. <laughs> so the fact that the Finding Bigfoot team dedicated an entire two-hour episode to exploring the possibility that Bigfoot could be a ghost was quite 
significant in the community, right? Greg it is joined everyone together and they're all holding is. hands now. And they're all holding hands. <laughs> uh, you know, Greg is known for being quite thorough in his investigations. So along with like seeking out these other hunters and stuff, he reached out to a trance medium who channels things. And they had a channeling session, which she informed uh, them that Bigfoot, uh, the beings that are Bigfoot are indeed ghost-like. So, you know, he's talking to other people and other professions that are not necessarily paranormal. And he's getting all of this feedback. So this kind of coins a new term that I found while looking at this stuff called supernatural Sasquatch, which I kind of love. Supernatural Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Like it needs to be in a cartoon. And it needs, yeah. It's like supernatural Sasquatch. Okay. 70s. 70s for sure. So while some cryptozoologists are starting to come around. Yep. To Greg's theory that Bigfoot may be a ghost. Personally, after reading about the well-formed buttocks of a chicken eating Bigfoot spotted by a Georgia mom, I'm more inclined to believe that Sasquatch is an interdimensional traveler, mm-hmm. as suggested by paranormal researcher William Hall, who actually mm-hmm. proposed this idea a year later, a year prior to Newkirk's article. These theories are not exactly new, but with the lack of concrete evidence in modern times, they are difficult to prove for sure, obviously. So if Bigfoot is indeed a ghost, why aren't ghosts eating the livestock? Mm -hmm. Why aren't ghosts chunking rocks at us when we go camping? And why aren't we seeing more ghost booties? (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all for listening. Thank you guys. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That's that's another t-shirt. More ghost booties.